Hello, and welcome to the Hamumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown. I am your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your other host, Soli Hommel. And we're going to take you through 31 scary movies through the month of October, like we do every year. But for the first time this year, we're going to do it entirely in audio format. We like to mix it up every year. One thing you need to be aware of is that we will be employing a truly ghoulish number of spoilers throughout all of these reviews. So if you haven't seen the movie we're reviewing, maybe don't listen to our podcast until you do. We highly recommend you check them out and watch along with us. It's going to be fun for everybody. I mean, how could it not be? So if you're ready and you've watched the movie, please step inside our lair and let's begin. Halloween is a new release, 2018. It's rated R, and we saw it in the theaters, the one and only movie that we actually went out of the house to watch this month. With popcorn. With popcorn. And a Coke at 7.30 at night, so... (laughs) Not for me. It has a 109-minute running time, and even though it's only been out a couple of days since the 19th of this month... We are seeing a rating of 7.6 on IMDb and 68 for Metacritics, 80 for the Rotten Tomatoes critics, and a 78 for the Rotten Tomatoes audience. So overall, it is uh, one of the higher rated yeah. movies that we've seen this month. That's, that's way up there. Okay, I take some issue with this movie. Because it has the title Halloween, but... Which has been taken. It is a sequel <laughs> to a movie you might have heard of, which is called Halloween. <laughs> and that makes me angry. I mean, The Thing did it too, but in that case, it was a remake as well as a prequel. Very clearly. Mm, like, they're yeah. like... Mm. They made the same story. Okay. This is literally a sequel in every sense. It's It takes place based on the events in this other movie, but it has the same name as the movie it takes place based on. How how can that be? You're very worked up You watch The this. Lion King and then you're like, let's see what other adventures he has in The Lion King. I'm sorry. And then they c- could come out with a third one called The Lion King. <laughs> it's, so, so this is considered a sequel. This is a straight-up sequel, but what's interesting about it... And what is a retcon about it Ah. is that they have chopped away Halloween 2 through, I think it's 6. All the other Halloweens do not count. It just goes from Halloween to uh, Halloween. (laughs) And nothing in between exists anymore. Maybe, Maybe they're trying to say this is actually the same movie. It's just a long movie. Yeah, just disregard the last however many years. 40. Not 40 years since the last movie was made. Oh. Well, since the original. The it, original wasn't made 40 years ago. 1978, 2018. 40 years. <laughs> oh my god. That's how old you are. Wow. Can I just say Jamie Lee Curtis is amazing? Uh-huh. Okay, that's... I'm done then. I'm done reviewing this <laughs> okay, movie. You can say that. <laughs> Yeah, it's 40 uh, years. Okay, 40 so basically years. they're just saying forget the last 40 years and this is just the the, the second 2-hour installment <laughs> of this 4-hour movie. Sure. Even though that makes me angry that they couldn't call it. I mean, obviously they couldn't call it Halloween 2 cuz that name's taken and you know you can't name a movie the same as an existing movie, right? So, <laughs> but they could have called it, you know, Halloween the Escapening or something. 
Halloween the 40th anniversary. Halloween H4O. I reviewed Halloween H2O last year or the year before. Not 20 years ago when it would have been appropriate? No, I reviewed it long <laughs> after it came out. Oh, it did come out at 20 years? I believe so, yes. Okay, well that makes sense then. Yeah. Okay, so I feel like it's fairly obvious at this point that I know nothing about the Halloween series. I, too, know very little. I saw Halloween H2O and reviewed it. I have only seen parts of the original movie, I think. I definitely saw all of Halloween, I think it's three, Season of the Witch, which is hilarious because it has literally nothing to do with Halloween. (laughs) I mean, the holiday it has to do with, but not the story. There's no Michael Myers. There's no anything. It's the story of a candy company creating evil Halloween masks that take over your children and turn them into actual demons. Editor's note. Apparently he doesn't remember it as well as he thinks he does. But it's considered part of this series? Well, it was released as part of this series. I think most people disown that. But, That's yeah. weird. I have also heard that a lot of people disown the Rob Zombie version. I've heard that as well. And I believe that was a remake. I don't. Hmm. I, I think it might have been called Halloween. I'm not sure. No, uh, I think maybe it was Halloween II. Halloween 2. I saw that But there was somewhere. already a Halloween 2! I could be wrong. <laughs> she wasn't. Anyway, the Rob Zombie one was called Halloween 2, but there was that was in 2009, and there was already another Halloween 2 that was put out in 1981. So, yeah, I so feel anyway. like this franchise is a little convoluted. Yes. So, I do know the whole, like, I do know that Michael Myers wears a mask and goes around and kills people. Like, it's a William Shatner mask. Is it? Fun fact. Is it, like, is that canon, or is it just that that's what it was that they used for it? That is what they used. I don't think I mean, they ever talked he, about it in the Is movie. he like, I'm wearing a... Uh, William Shatner mask? No, because as you may have noticed, he doesn't talk. He doesn't? Has he ever talked? I don't think so. Don't ask me. I didn't watch the original, and I, now I really feel like I should. Well, I mean, next next year, I guess. I guess. We could spend the whole month. We could just dedicate all of 2019 horror reviews to watching all of the Halloween movies. I picked this movie. Yes. Why did you pick this movie? It's a really simple answer. Mm-hmm. I wanted us to see a movie in theaters, and this was the scary movie that just came out in theaters. So, boom. That's appropriate. And I gladly went along with it because I like Jamie Lee Curtis, and I wanted to see her in this movie. I just saw a headline of some clickbaity article that was talking about how it has the highest opening weekend returns of any movie with a female 55-plus lead character. Interesting. She has draw still. Yeah, I think she does, for sure. She did well. I was impressed. I'm a little saddened by how easily he got the drop on her a couple of times. (laughs) Yeah. Like, she spent 40 years preparing for this moment, and then she made some real rookie mistakes. Well, I felt like the whole thing, like once she, you know, she found out he was out there and she was like, okay, let me leave the fortress I've built and just go look for him in a car with a pistol. Yeah. Like, really? But I understand. I mean, that the twist there was that her family was in danger. So she was going to go make sure they were okay. But she got super distracted by the police scanner saying that he was at such and such an address. She really wanted to hurt him. 
Yeah, that was... Well, I sort of think that the doctor, like the psychologist or whatever he was, who was like, hunting her is keeping him alive and Uh the threat of being prey is keeping her alive and vice versa, maybe even. Like, she was definitely hunting him at this point. Well, that's what I liked is... From early in the movie, like, as soon as he got out, she was like, I'm going to go hunt him down. I'm so glad I now have the chance to do that. She even said, like, I've been praying every night that he would escape. And the cop guy (laughs) was was like, that's a stupid thing to pray for. (laughs) Yeah, that was good. (laughs) Like, why did you do that? So on that note, there are a bunch of funny parts in this movie. And two of my favorite characters, the little kid who's being babysat was one of my absolute favorites. He was awesome. (laughs) He was really funny. And then the cop who was on patrol with the other cop who liked banh mi sandwiches. Oh, the one brought the peanut butter banh mi. Yeah. Yeah. Which he explained. I mean, I don't know if this is accurate, but he explained that banh mi just means that it's a baguette. And so peanut butter and jelly banh mi, it's literally a French bread peanut butter sandwich. How could that be bad? And yeah, his partner was like, that sounds disgusting. And he was super wrong. It sounded amazing. That's a great way to do PBJ. Also, just any banh mi is amazing. Well, I love banh mi. Yeah. So yes, the kid that was being babysat was awesome. I noticed, I'm, and I'm sure this is a thing, I'm, it's probably explained in one of the many, many Halloween movies. Which um, don't count. Which don't exist anymore. It's probably explained in the first Halloween movie, okay. actually. That exists. But I noticed that kid survived, yeah. as did all other like 10 and unders yeah, who there came was... across Michael Myers. There was definitely a lower limit, and it was that poor kid who liked to dance was just above the limit. That was real sad for him. Wait, which kid? The kid who was going to go out hunting but would rather be in dance class. Oh, yeah. That was really sad. I liked that kid. He was just old enough that... And there was an interesting conversation that he was having with his dad. (laughs) Like, he was just, yeah, being very upfront about how, dude, I will hunt with you on the weekends, but you gotta (laughs) let me go to dance class. Like, this is an interesting, like, 2018 conversation. (laughs) Yeah, that was probably not in the original. (laughs) No, but yeah, there was a point where if you were younger than a certain age... And I feel like it was sort of right around 10 that if you bumped into Michael Myers, you were perfectly safe. Like he let you go. I was nervous. I did not know that about him. I didn't until either. there, you know, he killed that one lady and then that her baby was in the crib. And I was like, oh, no, I don't. This is bad. I don't want to see this. And he just walked away. So Lori has is all grown up. She's 40 years older now mm-hmm. and which i'm assuming makes her like about 56 57 58 i'm assuming she was like 16 17 18 in, yeah, in the original that movie makes sense and she has raised a daughter to be like in a like a super militant situation mm-hmm. and the daughter has been taken away from her because of this and and the daughter's all grown up as well by one of those demonic cps people <laughs> probably And has a daughter of her own who is now, like, the 16-year-old. So we're talking multi-generational women. One who was through a severe traumatic event. One who was raised in a traumatic way because of that (laughs) event. And one who has been fairly coddled, it seems like. Who's oblivious to the whole thing. Yeah, and doesn't (laughs) seem to understand the dynamics between her mother and her grandmother. And oddly calls her grandmother grandmother. I know. Nobody does that. All the time. Hello, grandmother. 
Like, she's screaming for her to help. Grandmother, grandmother. I'm like, what? <laughs> Cut a few syllables, girl. <laughs> so what did you think of that, like, multi-generational aspect of this? Well, it was fun at the end, you know, where it came down to the three generations of them. Spoilers. <laughs> taking down Michael Myers together. And that was fun. But yeah, I think that's a good concept. It felt a little like sequel bait, as in, well, we know she's too old, and really someone who'd be her daughter is also too old for what we want to do, because we only put teenagers in movies. So let's go granddaughter, and you know, now she can be in all the movies. And that's probably what they're thinking, which is sad. But on the other hand, I have also read that John Carpenter believed that the original Halloween was a complete story and didn't need any sequels, but the studio made him do sequels. And in the first sequel, he tried to destroy Michael Myers at the end and set him on fire and get rid of him. And so maybe they're doing it now. But also that makes me think Halloween 3 Season of the Witch came about because he's like, no, Michael Myers is dead. How about some creepy Halloween masks? (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that happens fairly regularly where the artists who create something are like, this is a whole thing and I'm done creating that thing. And then the people who make money off of that thing are like, oh, no, you're not done. We're going to keep bringing this one out. Yeah, that's what happens. They just squeeze every last drop. Yeah. So, yeah, grandma, mom, granddaughter, they all end up working as a team. Dad, on the other hand, does not last long. No, he's more of a, hey there, pumpkin that's in the car. What are you up to? Right? Like, Like... there's nothing weird about this. I know that there's an escaped serial killer stalking my family, and I'm just gonna wander on out of the house (laughs) all the way across the yard and over to this cop car that is acting very strange. Yeah. He didn't have a clue. Yeah, that was really sad. I feel like there were quite a few people where I was like, hmm, yeah, it's unfortunate that you have to die, but it's not surprising. (laughs) You kind of brought it on yourself. The only one that was getting murdered that I was like, oh, don't get murdered, was the babysitter because she had the kid and Mm -hmm. I liked them together. What about the babysitter's boyfriend? He, He was good to die. He went into someone else's house, started their motorcycle, and then knocked it over. Oh, yeah, that that was the point, yeah? yeah that would, was the point where you're like, oh, that's to die. I would have come home and killed him myself. <laughs> you don't... Have, I feel like it's interesting to me that you are so adamant about that, being as you don't have a motorcycle, have never expressed any interest in having a motorcycle. <laughs> because people will knock it over. <laughs> have told me that I can't have a motorcycle. <laughs> no, that's dangerous. You might knock it over <laughs> and get killed. <laughs> right, yeah. I did like the dynamic. Like, I liked the boyfriend character. I liked the babysitter character. I liked the whole kind of friendships that were mm-hmm. happening amongst these teenagers. They felt like they felt like real friendships, not so much in the dialogue, because I think it's I think it's next to impossible to create realistic teen dialogue, like for anybody outside of the teen realm yeah. to create realistic teen dialogue, because we don't actually understand it. It's like mm-hmm. trying to write a script in a language we don't speak, right? Backwards English. Right, Latin. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah, I meant Latin. <laughs> 
But the way these teenagers interacted with each other and like their kind of fluidity in a lot of different aspects felt very realistic to today's teenagers where like Mm. there's a lot of just not being attached to labels, not being attached to things. I don't know. I don't know how to explain that, but it felt like they captured it well. Mm -hmm. Like the idea, you know, like there's a lot of teenagers out there now who run around and you know they're like my wifey and my you know and they like they they like refer to each other in all these ways that i think adults have a hard time understanding because they're like but that term has a that that has a meaning what does that mean you're a lesbian and really it doesn't mean anything to them it's just they're just goofing around yeah but then sometimes it does i don't know but it was done well in this movie yes i could see that (laughs) So it's a little bit tricky doing this review because having seen it in the theaters, I don't have any notes. I know. I'm really stuck right now. (laughs) So I'm trying to remember, like, do you remember a favorite line? Well, my favorite line, I don't remember specific lines. I just remember that the kid being babysat had the best lines. Yeah. It was funny. You know what was funny? He turns to the babysitter, like, she's giving him a hard time, he's giving her a hard time, and he's like, you used to be cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we should point out that this movie features the creepy and terrifying world of podcasters who deserve to be murdered. Oh. Yes. They were like super weird, right? <laughs> well, they were totally going for like a, like the serial podcast. You know, these are the people. Oh, on Trial and Error, they had the exact same character. You know, this girl comes in and she she does like a public radio podcast who's mm. that digs in deep into sp- specific criminal cases and always talks real dramatically about it. Like, and then he plunged the knife in three more times. Well, so I thought that... Lori, I, I mean, I, I would almost consider it a lampshade because of how, like, what a thing it was and how she so specifically called it out for the thing that it was. But it was it within the story, not within the telling of the story, so maybe that doesn't count. But at, at one point, like, they show up at her house, at her, her compound that she's created, and they're, like, asking her about how messed up she is. Yeah. And she's like, hold on a minute. Like, Michael Myers killed five people and you're here to heal humanize him and like because he's still a human even though he's a murderer and i've been divorced twice and i'm the crazy one like what is happening here and it was very much that sort of a thing like they were they were all caught up in the sensationalism of he's a human Mm -hmm. when and then completely forgetting that everyone else is a human as well Yeah, that was like a running theme in the movie. Like his therapist Mm -hmm. was the same way. He actually used a concept from sci-fi movies that does not belong here at all. Where he's like, he belongs to the state. Nobody can harm him. Like, (laughs) no. If he's running around stabbing people, cops are free to shoot him. They should shoot him. And no doctor of his would say something like that. He'd be like, gee, I wish you wouldn't kill him, but... Yeah, save people. Don't let him kill kill people. Well, that doctor was not. No, he was completely insane. completely on uh, oh, this playing field. I was really I it, 
Okay, so they hit Michael with the car, supposedly killing him, and then the doctor goes nuts and puts on the mask. I was ready for that to be Michael from then on. Like, the doctor has taken over, Michael's actually dead, and Mm -hmm. this is just what we're doing now. And that would have been awesome, except that he was frail. Well, and the thing is, it as that was happening, I thought that's what was going to go on too. And I'm yeah. like, here's, there's always somebody ready to take over from the serial killer, right? Like, yeah. there's the serial killer, and then there's always somebody who wants to be their like acolyte or oh. whatever. It reminded me of Bones. Oh, that's not what I was going to say. And um, the kid, I can't remember what the kid's name is, who was so great, but then ended up like getting weird. After they found the guy who was yeah. like rebuilding that um, skeleton, yeah, thing. the the like Illuminati skeleton or whatever. Yeah. The doctor was Michael's Harley Quinn, totally. Oh yeah, yeah. So without the romance, well, as far <laughs> as we know, yeah. But there, it it does seem like that's a that's a fairly common thing amongst the insane serial killer kind of trope is they always have that person who's following along and and who like hero worships them or is just so fascinated with what's going on in their brains that then they kind of get like Stockholm syndrome into being a serial killer as well. Yeah and speaking of in their brains in that doctor's brains was cranberry sauce. Yeah yeah (laughs) I feel like he probably should have been seeing an actual doctor prior to all of this because what came out of his head when it got stomped was not a a healthy human brain no that was he wasn't doing so good no but maybe they were emphasizing that he wasn't right in the head (laughs) that's true (laughs) so i was a little surprised at how long it took them to I feel like they think that they were being sort of subtle when at the very beginning of the end, Jamie Lee Curtis's character and her daughter are down in the basement and Lori, Jamie Lee Curtis's character, says, I know you always thought this was my prison. And then like kind of trails off and they get distracted fighting with Michael. And I'm like, in my head, like I was distracted from the fight because in my head it kept reverberating like, but it's a trap. This is a trap. This is the (laughs) trap I'm setting. Like finish the freaking line. And it just kept going and kept going. And I'm like, all right, what? Like, when are they going to say that? She already knew it was a trap. She was, she's the one... Karen, the daughter, was the one who called it out later. Right. Which I feel is a weird disconnect in the story. Yeah, because I think so. if the daughter was part of setting the trap in the first place, which she obviously was, I mean, that's why they took her away 20 years ago or whatever. Yeah. But if she was part of setting that trap, there was no reason for the Jamie Lee Curtis to say, for, <laughs> for Lori to say the beginning of that line, except to start making us think about it. But it wasn't subtle enough to be a start thinking about it. It was... Yeah okay, like, like I felt like I'd listened to almost all of the notes of a song and I was waiting for the last chord to play. Yeah. And it took way too long to get around to it. But also, I think, I mean, that was probably overkill. But I think, you know, like her her house was set up. I mean, it had a panic room downstairs, basically, like mm. or a bunker. Mm-hmm. It was set up defensively, like, I will be safe in here. Yeah. And yet it was very obvious early on that she was like never mind i'm not gonna hide anymore Uh, 
I'm going to go out and get him and this is what it's going to be about and I'm going to lure him here. So, I don't know, it was like we knew that was the plan. Well, and I thought it was interesting as she was going through the house and she was like making sure rooms were empty. There were a lot of actually empty rooms in her house too. Yeah. I'm like, really? You just, you just, that's just the room that you keep space in? <laughs> like, or there's also mannequin storage areas. Right, but like there were a surprising number of rooms that were just flat out empty. Yeah. I'm like, I've never seen somebody's house where they had lived for 40 years that has an empty room. Well, she's a non-hoarder. I guess. But as she went through and made sure that there was nobody in these rooms, she would leave and she would like hit the button in the door jam yeah. and the, the like metal gates would come down in each door. And I, I realized, oh, like she's, she's not doing this for her protection. Like she's not inside the room. It's not to save her from something. She's yeah. closing these rooms off so that he has fewer places to hide, yeah. which I thought was interesting. I liked the the whole, I don't know, the whole way it finished up. Like, I knew it was going there for most of the movie, but the whole thing that it was coming down to her versus him, mm-hmm. it was the way they presented both of them in this movie, but especially Michael, was you could tell not just in all the crazy stuff he did, but like just the way he'd show up on screen and stuff like they're like, this is epic. This is a titan that is going to clash like it, mm-hmm. it's it was well done in that they like jason is this crazy monster thing that can't die but they made it clear this guy is really just a serial serial killer he's a human being who stabs people but at the same time he's an epic mythic figure mm-hmm. and you know it was interesting that you had that and her coming together and you knew that this is what we're watching is the clash of the titans the way that she set it up so that she would take him down in a trap of her choosing right and i guess i understand her side of it like she's had all this time like she's been paranoid this whole time she has been preparing for this Mm -hmm. final showdown and i i understand the mental side of him preparing for this final showdown too like like, it was unfinished business for him. Like, yeah. he was gonna go after her. And I get that piece of it. But he's been locked up in a mental institution. Like, a prison for deranged people for all this time. I mean, you saw their outside time <laughs> yeah. was them chained to, like, huge cement blocks and just, like, stand in the sun for a little while. He's exceptionally strong. Like, he's the kind he's of guy who can, like, lift people off, off the ground and, like, snap their necks with one hand. And, like, obviously... Obviously he's super strong and that's part of what makes him so epic but how did he stay that strong well he was when they thought he was asleep at night he would do push-ups you would think they would have been watching him more closely <laughs> well they weren't they no. did not know about the push actually they could have known they'd just be like well he's doing push-ups I guess. still not talking i guess i mean <laughs> yeah i don't know and and i i think there's also just an element of like he was a freaky weird dude like that was one of the weirdnesses of of him is that he just was exceptionally strong but i don't know that that was the one piece of that titan clash where i'm like she's been out in the real world like collecting guns and turning her house into a bunker all this time and he's been chained to a concrete block (laughs) in in the sun for an hour a day like it doesn't seem like equal preparation but i liked when she got thrown out of the window and she's laying on the ground and now i'm not saying i've seen the original halloween in its entirety <laughs> but i guarantee you yes. this was an exact mirror image oh, of a yeah. scene from halloween he definitely got thrown <laughs> off of something 
You thought he was dead. <laughs> she looks away for a second. Oh, crap, he's gone. That was yeah. really good. I yeah. liked it. That made me laugh. And that was kind of the thing. Is I liked how they did the ending with the, you know, the trap in the house, the conflict. But what I was expecting out of the ending, and which would have been the wrong thing, I think, was once she got him in there, it was like, she's in control. There's nothing he can do. He gets scared and, you know, just turns the tables on him where he's now the victim and he's she's toying with him and all that and it wasn't that way they were still very scared and very barely able to survive the situation and that was the right thing to do because obviously we have to be scared of michael he's the big threat of the movie i mean it would have been interesting like we were talking about how there's always somebody ready to step in and take the place of the bad guy like it would have been interesting if these 40 years of preparing for this had kind of broken her to the point of once she had him trapped she'd be like oh let me show you what it feels like (laughs) like she might have returned to the favor a little bit but i don't think it would have been possible for him it would not have made any sense to me for him to change at all who he was yeah and i think she had the balancing um power of her daughter and her granddaughter being there to stop her from if she had been the only one eh, (laughs) maybe like i could see her keeping him in that box for a little while yeah exacting a little revenge but really it ended up that she was just like we're putting an end to this like i'm gonna make this be over (laughs) and it'll be interesting to see if it really is over or if they're going to (laughs) try to somehow explain his continued existence after the the end of this movie and super double spoilers we stuck around to the end of the credits which has a funny part after the credits of mm-hmm. nothing more than just hearing him breathing. Some heavy so breathing, yeah. It's it's the classic hand from the grave, but only audio form. Yeah. So I was super ready. You know, when the truck shows up at the end, like the granddaughter stops the truck and, uh-huh. you know, they get rescued, right? I was so ready for them to pan into the truck and for <laughs> it to be... I'm like... It's going to be freaking Freddy Krueger or Jason or who (laughs) knows. Like, like I literally had that like, oh, out of the frying pan right into the fire. Like, they're who knows who's picking them up, which obviously was not the case. It could just be the guy with the hook hand, you know, from from campfire stories. Sure. Yeah. Although that would be just really rude to see a guy with a hook hand and be like, you're a murderer. (laughs) It might have just been the random dude who goes around and uh, kills people in open houses. He just happens to be driving from one open house to the other. Well, this is convenient. (laughs) There's a house on fire. I wanted to buy this house, but it's burning down. I guess I'll just uh, kidnap these three women. (laughs) The thought of that character being evil reminds me of something I noted during the movie. The cop is up in a house investigating potentially Michael Myers being there. He's all concerned. And he turns around and sees Michael running down the stairs. And he goes, Michael! And shoots him. Or doesn't shoot him, he shoots shoots at him him and Mm -hmm. totally misses. And I'm like, whoa, it's Halloween. Someone in a mask just ran down some stairs. (laughs) Don't shoot them. I mean, he was right, but come on, that's not okay. I mean, to be fair, he had just discovered the disembodied body of... Well, was she disembodied? This her body? body? No. What's the word I'm trying to say? <laughs> to be fair, he had just discovered the corpse of the babysitter. Yeah. I mean, he had reason to believe that Don't whoever tell was mom in that the house. Babysitter's dead. Is that no. a movie? 
That is a movie. Okay, good. Yeah, I don't think it was a good movie. I don't think it was a good movie. (laughs) You know, it's kind of corny, and it's kind of 1980s, but maybe even 1978. (laughs) But I really liked when any time Michael Myers was coming on scene or was about to do something bad or like anytime something scary was happening the michael myers theme played like it was super obvious but it was also sort of classic like i liked it it kind of felt comfortable to me yeah and i think it's a it's a good song for that like it's you know a little creepy nothing not too excessive no, but just enough where you're like, oh, there it is. Something bad is going to happen. Yeah. It, it was good. I think we've become very sophisticated in terms of like how how lighting and music and all of those things are used to manipulate the emotions. And like I said, it was sort of comforting to have it go back to such a like kind of old school way of manipulating. Yeah. Like like it was definitely manipulation, but it was very like, oh, here's the scary music. <laughs> now you get to be scared. It, there was nothing yeah. really subtle about it. Well, and if you're sitting right behind us in the theater, you extra get to be scared, right? I almost wanted to do our whole podcast reviewing the teenagers who sat behind (laughs) us during this movie. Okay, so I had a thought as pertains to these teenagers. Was it, I wish you would stop kicking the back of my seat? Because that was a thought I had. I had that thought several times during (laughs) the movie. Okay. Another thought I had was, I wasn't scared in the slightest during this movie, and they were, they were terrified. Oh. They would keep saying, where is he? Where did he go? They kept telling <laughs> each other, shh, shh, shh. And I don't think it was that they were concerned about the noise they were making. They didn't I think they be. were hiding from Michael Myers. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, so first that made me feel so sad that I'm beyond jaded. Scary movies do not have any effect on me. And which makes me realize that you know, all these movies I've been watching probably are really scary. <laughs> and I feel stupid. Like, I reveal them and I'm like, well, they tried, but whatever. <laughs> like, they're probably terrifying. And I feel so sad about that for myself and for my reviews. So that sucks. Well, you know, it's one of the few benefits to being a teenager, I guess, <laughs> is that you're young enough and inexperienced enough that you can be terrified of things. Yeah, we've sure. We've watched a lot of scary movies yeah. over the last several years, and I definitely feel like I am more jaded now than I was before. I will say, though, as much as I didn't feel scared, scared during this movie, not anywhere near like what those teenagers were feeling, <laughs> I was what I would call riveted. Like, I, w- yeah. I realized several times that... As she was going through the house or as, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever was happening, I was very still and watching very closely and I was very engaged in the movie. I wasn't sitting around waiting for stuff to happen. I was like edge of my seat kind of feeling. This movie was very well done. I was very surprised. I was thinking of like... Basically, when I think of movies like this, I think of Friday the 13th, Jason, Mm -hmm. and how it's all about what's going to be the clever and innovative way he kills somebody next. Ooh, he's pushed that guy into a cider press and smashed his head and stuff like that. And this movie was not that. He 
basically just stabbed everyone to death and you'd think or just broke their necks yeah or and you'd think that's really that's more boring but it's not the point is that the kills weren't important i mean the fact that he was killing people was important but we weren't there for the spectacle of watching them die which is exactly what friday the 13th is about we were there for the story for you know Who's he, where's he going to go and mm-hmm. who's next and concern for the characters and for what's happening. So I thought that's better. I mm-hmm. like that, which is funny because, you know, it, it is boring that all he's doing is stabbing people, but it's not. It's It makes it more interesting because it's about something else. So I liked that and it does make me want to see the original. I didn't, it was really well done. I didn't dislike anything, but at the same time, it's not art. It's good like a Marvel movie is good. You know, this was just some fun. It's entertainment. Fun entertainment that doesn't make any points or have a theme. I'm sure there's a theme in there. Sorry, but not a meaningful theme to me that I picked up on. It's just schlocky fun. And so I enjoyed it and thought it was good. So I give it four pen knives out of five. Because it's fun, but it's not enduring for the ages. I actually had almost that identical thought at some point, And I'm trying to remember what was happening. But there was something about it where I was like, oh, you know, there were some interesting shots when, like, when the granddaughter ran out of the restaurant and went to comfort Lori, who was kind of freaking out because the bus had crashed and she knew yeah. that Michael Myers was out there. And they're, like, out in the street and there was some, you know, street lights doing things and there were some, like, interesting shots. And as I was looking at the shot, I simultaneously thought, well, that's an interesting shot. And 20 years from now, that's going to look really cheesy. Like I really, I was like, that's not going to hold up like that. That's interesting right now. And it's, it's not going to, it's not going to age well, which is an interesting thing to be thinking as you're watching a brand new movie. (laughs) But yeah, I am. I agree with you. I don't have anything specific that makes it not a great movie, but it also just didn't quite, I guess you, you said it well, it wasn't something that stood out as exceptional or artistic or there was nothing super unique about it yeah i think there was there was a theme like there was some theme about family and about protecting the people that you love but it was very generalized and it was very it wasn't the point of the movie the point was that these 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 this clash of the titans like you were saying you know it was that how is this going to go down which yeah was entertaining is not life-changing it's not i don't know i i don't have a lot of attachment to it i guess Maybe the theme was women smashing the patriarchy. Well, I mean, I'm all for that. <laughs> and this was definitely had some, some girl power in it. But even that, like, eh, you know, it it wasn't it wasn't anything super special. Like I didn't at at no point when they were kicking his butt at the end was I like Yes, representation. <laughs> and maybe it's because I'm not a fifty five year old woman. I mean, maybe there are yeah. women out there who are gonna see jamie lee curtis as their representation and they're gonna feel empowered by it but i didn't feel exceptionally empowered by the judy greer character i thought she was kind of weak in the way that her character was supposed to be kind of weak i mean 
that's kind of who she was. And and I don't I think I'm too old to really <laughs> really connect with the with the teenager. So yeah, it it was it was kind of middling for me, but I did enjoy watching it. I'm glad I did, and it did make me want to watch the other one. So I am going to just go ahead and copy along with your entire review. I'm going to copy copy your rating and say four <sighs> pen knives out of five. All right. It was a respectable showing, but it it's no um train to Busan. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> that was a more fun movie. But yeah, this knowing what the girls behind us sounded like, I think this was a very scary movie. I know I can't feel the fear of these movies, but I just like to learn so that I can review them appropriately for people instead of being an evil robot. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not overly concerned about it. I feel like our reviews are probably for people who've also watched a lot of scary <laughs> movies. Probably. And the, the people who haven't are not going to go watch the movies that we talk about, necessarily. Yeah. Well, you know, I really like that what we do is... I mean, it doesn't even matter that they're horror movies. It's that we, we talk about themes and, you know, wacky side adventures and things. Like, we're not even talking about whether they're scary or not. We're talking about the logistics of the ghost. <laughs> Yeah. It's all fun stuff. It's fun for us. I don't know if it's fun for anybody else, but Doesn't it's fun for us. Doesn't have to be. We're, We're fun! fun. If you don't want to listen to Solange laughing for three minutes straight, you can end the podcast now. Otherwise, enjoy. Don't laugh. Sorry. For those who don't know, which is everyone, it's a game just like Don't Laugh. You're losing it. Stop. We can't use any of this because... Oh, no, I'm going to use that part. The part after it was said. Okay. Okay. I'm okay. Okay. Go on. You're not okay. You're laughing. I'm sorry. I'm going to put ten minutes of you laughing at the end of the podcast <laughs> okay i'm literally crying um okay yes so <laughs> <coughs> that didn't okay. work at all okay oh, okay. It's okay 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 go ahead for those who don't know <laughs> <laughs> Come on! I'm sorry. I can't do it. <laughs> okay. Okay. You're just okay. Again. <laughs> See.
it's, I think we're done with the podcast now. <laughs> can't I'm sorry. go on. Okay. Um. <laughs> Why is that so funny? Should we do ratings? <laughs> um. Okay, I'm going to go stand out in the hall. No. no, I want you to tell your story about this, but I need to not be here when you say it. <laughs> okay, I want you to t- t- say it, and then I'll come back <clears throat> and we'll do ratings. Okay. okay. I can't do it alone. This is no. weird. Yeah, you, I'm sitting right there. Just tell me. 